Matthew chapter number 13. I'd like to take you there. One of the parables, a very short parable. Matter of fact, it is one verse. A parable is a, a natural story with a spiritual meaning. It is, uh, it is something the Lord would say to those that could relate. And it certainly was in, uh, in the place that he was in. There were farmers, there were fishermen. Uh, and all of these things and these stories struck, uh, struck to the heart of men as they would hear. And they would have a spiritual significance. Then the Lord said that those that did not have an ear to hear would just be a story. They would walk away and say, man, what was up with, with what he was trying to say today? He was talking about fields and harvests and fish and, and grain. And, and they walk away and all they got was a natural story. But he said to those that have a heart to hear, he said, they're going to walk away and they're going to know what I was trying to say. What I was saying, they're going to grasp it in the Spirit of God. I want today to be able to have the ear of the Holy Ghost in my life to hear what the Spirit is saying to me. Let's read Matthew 13 and verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a very precious treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid again. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field, securing the treasure for himself. He goes with joy. He sells everything that he has and he buys that field for himself. My message for just a few minutes this afternoon is the treasure in the field. The treasure in the field. Father, thank you for your grace, your word, the hearer. And I pray, God, let us know what you are speaking. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing again. And I stand in the place of your pastor who loves you dearly and appreciates so much uh, the work, the effort, and what it takes to be the church that you are today. So many are blessed by Stello Church, not just in the local area, but around the country, they're watching. And that is all about your love for God. Have you ever, uh, maybe, maybe some of you are a little too young to have this sort of story. But uh, I know if you have a little age on you, there's going to come a time where you're going to look back and you're going to wish that you had bought a piece of property or something that right now seems expensive. Uh, but if you would buy it now, Somewhere down the road, and this is where you wish you could have the eye and you could have the sense to do it because nobody really knows what is coming in the next, let's say, 20 or 30 years. And there are pieces of property that I could have purchased myself that a few years ago, it was just out of my price range and I really didn't know what I would have done if I would have bought that property. But now that property that I could have bought for, uh, for just a little bit of money then is worth a whole lot of money now. It's worth money because through time, there has been the location, has had places built up around it, businesses and, uh, and commercial, uh, and all of that has created the value of that property has now become uh, exponentially higher than what it used to be simply because of time and because of location. That is... When we look at things and we look back and we wish we had invested. I'm going to stop now and just tell you right now. Whatever time, talent, and treasure that you put in to the kingdom of God, 
please know right now that it will be worth it someday. It will be worth every effort, every sweat, every tear, every energy you have put into it. It will absolutely be worth it. When I read the story here, I want to clarify something. That Jesus again was telling a parable. This was not a, uh, uh, an allegory of sorts that you could just take everything as a literal truth. You have to look at this and you have to say that is likened unto. And the kingdom is like this. It's not exactly this. So what we see first of all is there's a man that is in a field. And we don't know if he's in that field to work. We don't know if he's a sharecropper. He's going out as a hireling and, and he's out there working. He maybe comes across this treasure. Maybe he's just passing through. He's on his way from point A to point B. And the field is a shortcut of sorts. And, and he stumbles upon maybe the, the treasure here that nobody has known. We don't know where, where the treasure came from. Uh, we can assume that somebody long, long time ago, not the previous or rather the current owner, but maybe the previous owner, maybe not even the owner, but somebody in a hurried way or state buried a treasure in a field. Some say that during the battles of old, and this is a place where certainly many battles of history had gone in all of the area of Israel. Maybe somebody had, uh, had taken the spoils of a battle and was in a hurry to get away, but realized that they were carrying too much and they couldn't get away. So they had to bury it with the plans to come back and get the treasure they had left in the field. Whatever it was, this man came across a treasure and he recognized immediately that the treasure was worth so much more than the field was worth. So he just simply did the math and the math was this. I don't have enough to purchase the treasure, but I have enough to purchase the field. So he covered the treasure back up and he goes and he sells everything he has. He, he goes back home. He tells his wife. He tells his children, we're going to sell everything. I, I want you to know that I'm not going to tell you why, but we're going to sell everything and we're going to buy a field that I found. And so he tells his kids, I don't care what it takes. Put it all in the yard sale. Sell our home. Sell everything. Everything must go, that sort of sale. Even if we have to sell the cat and the dog, we've got to sell everything. We've got to buy the field. So the scripture says that's exactly what he did. He went, he made enough of all of his sale, uh, sale uh, uh, belongings that he sold, and he went and he purchased the field. Maybe he even had to pay a little bit more than what the field would be worth on the market. But he knew that that field, had something inside of it much more valuable than just simply by what the eye could behold. It had a treasure inside of it. To, to any natural eye, it was just another field. To, to the natural man walking by, he may have heard the story of the guy that just bought the field. He may be thinking to himself, you know, I heard what, what Joe paid for that. And that was outrageous. Man, that was way above market. I don't understand. It's just a regular field. It's just a field like any other field. You know, probably this field wasn't as far as a worldly value or a, by, by the natural eye. It was probably not location-wise anything special. 
It was If it was, the guy wouldn't have sold the field so fast. You know, it probably wasn't anything particularly special with the view. There wasn't anything there that the man would have bought the field so he could build a house for the view. But the man bought the field because he wanted the treasure. But the world would look at it and say, I don't understand. It's just another field. There's nothing to this. And by the way, that is exactly what they do to the kingdom of God. They will look and they will say, what's so special about the faith of the child of God? What's so special? Let's just, let's just say us. What's so special about Stello Church? That those people would, would trudge through the rain to get there today, would, would put all of this out every Sunday. It's just another church. It's just another group of people. They look at it. And they would say driving by, oh, there's just another church in town. There's just another uh, group of people that have gathered. And it's just another field to them. They look and they think, well, you know, uh, I don't know of anything different than that you could get there than you could get over here. But I've come to tell you that there's something way beyond that that is in this house today. The value that is in this place is not that we found the best location in town. And, and this is very nice, by the way. I mean, we're very blessed. It might be a little tad bit warm occasionally in here. But the fact is, is we've got something nice. But we're not here for niceties. We're not here for the location. We're not here for the view. We're not here, matter of fact, we're not even here for the social gathering. I love God. I love His people. But I'm I'm going to tell you something about his people. I, I'm not here for the fellowship only. If it was fellowship, I could have found you on a ball field somewhere and we could have played a little ball together. I'm not here for the socializing side of it. I'm not even here just simply for the positive support. By the way, all of that is exceptional in this church. I thank God for every life group. I thank God for every support group. I thank God for every time we gather together. Isn't it a great time together? But if that's all there is to it, then all you found is another field. You found another field to have fellowship in. You found another field to have positive support in. You found another field, but it's no different than any other field of religion. It's just another field. But folks, in this room today goes beyond those things. There is a treasure in this house today that is worth all that you can give to God. All that you sell out for. There is something so beyond what the world recognizes. How many is glad you've recognized the treasure that is in this place is worth all that you have given? It, it isn't the exceptional music. Boy, you can't find any better music than Stello Church. But if I was in it for the music, I could find me a place down the road on Friday nights that has great music and, and, and it could be just another field. It's not the fellowship. It's not even the, the great positive speaking that goes on. There's something beyond the eye of this old world. It is riches beyond what the world has recognized. Let me read to you out of Paul's writings to the Corinthian church, 2 and 14. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations. That's it. They do not accept the teaching and revelations. That's important because they don't see it. The natural man cannot see what the spirit-filled man can see, the revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd and illogical to him. 
And he is incapable, the natural man is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. He walks by and says, what a waste of time on a Sunday afternoon. What a waste of money to be giving to that little church called Stello when you could be giving to this big organization or this or that. And so they don't see why the time, the talent, and the treasure is being spent. It's just to them another club, another organization, uh, another funding to, for something out there that they see as just another. But the Bible says it this way. It says in 2 and 9 of the same chapter, But just as it is written in the Scripture, Things which the eye has not seen, and the ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him, and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. Paul is saying when God gave you the spirit, he gave you the eye, and he gave you the ear. Can I just ask somebody today, is it still that you have that ear of the spirit, and you have that eye of the spirit, that when you walked in here, you recognize this isn't just another Sunday routine. This isn't just another church to be going to. But I'm here not because of the people. I love the people, but the treasure that I'm after is in the field. The treasure of Jesus Christ is in this room. That's why I've got my hands in the air. That's why I clap my hands. I can find somebody that can give me a beat, but it's not a beat about Jesus. If it's not about Jesus, I'm not going to do it. But if it's about the Lord, it's worth my time and my energy and my worship. Can you shout hallelujah to that? It's worth it. Now, I'm going to preach. I know I'm talking about the world looking at us and saying, that doesn't make sense. Look at how they live. Look at how they sacrifice. Look at how they are so faithful. Look at how they are so committed and surrendered and sacrificial. But see, they just see a field of weeds. What are you doing out in that field acting that way? Why are you acting like that, that you found the best thing there is? Because they don't know the treasure that is in the field. Philippians tells us of Paul's, of Paul's understanding and revelation. When the Lord came to him and, and the Bible says that he was uh, basically arrested by the Holy Ghost. The, the Spirit of the Lord came and, and he was knocked off of the beast that he was riding. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Paul would later write in the book of Philippians 3 and verse 7 of his life, of where he came from, of all of his, of all of his accomplishments before he found Jesus. He said, but whatever former things were gained to me, gains, and that is important that you see that in the plural. It, it doesn't show up in the King James, but it is gains. That means everything. Everything I've ever done, he said, as I thought then. He said, then these things once regarded as advancements in merit, I have come to consider as loss absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ and the purpose which he has given my life. And he's saying this, he said, whatever's out there, gains, plural, I don't care if it is, if it is a million dollars 
or if it is a religion, whatever it was that I felt like I was doing something amazing in, in my own ability, he said, I put that all in the same category. It's one combined loss if I have, if I somehow, when I compare it to Jesus Christ. He said, looking back, and I'm going to tell you, nobody was going any higher in religion and in influence than the Apostle Paul before the Lord found him. He was on his way to the top. He was very influential. He was young. He was going to be wealthy if he already didn't have wealth. There were a lot of those things. He had a Roman citizenship. This was a guy that was plugged into his culture and knew what he was going to do in his life until Jesus came and he said, I sold it all for Jesus. He says in verse number 8, but more than that, he said, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with Him. A joy unequaled for His sake I have lost everything and I consider it all garbage so that I may gain Christ. Now we need to look at that. That man's been on both sides of the fence. He's been on the side that says this is where your success is. It's in wealth. It's in material things. It's in prestige. It's in power and fame and religion. And he comes out of that and he becomes this poor pauper preacher of Jesus Christ traveling the world being beaten up every city he goes in, being persecuted being mocked and scorned and left at and he looks at all that and says I have found something worth giving all of that up for you may look at my life and laugh but I know the treasure that I have found I want to remind all of us today that no matter what you're facing don't forget why you bought the field to begin with you found something worth trading it all in for and living for God is the best life there is. How many could agree with me right now that living for God is the best life there is? No status with men, no better job, no more money, no worldly fame or achievements, no religion, educational, organizational positions. Nothing in this life compares to the treasure of Jesus Christ. That treasure is not just a, a feeling that I feel today. It's not just a an anointing that we talk about. Oh, that's, that's just part of the treasure. The treasure I'm talking about is the person of Jesus Christ. Can I just remind us today that no matter what you're doing in this room today, it is about one thing and one thing only. And it's not a thing, it's a, it's a person. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the one that came to find us and bring us out of sin. I know this is simple, but if you ever forget why you're doing what you're doing, you're going to become weary in what you're doing. If you forget the treasure in the field, you're going to become weary. Paul would go on to write it this way. He would say these words, and this so that I may know him in verse 10, experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him. This ought to be our endeavor today. I don't care if you were raised in this. I was raised around church. I've been to more services than I can count. I, I can't even, I, I, was, I was born, raised on the seat of a Pentecostal church. But that didn't give me a ticket to heaven. And matter of fact, if anything, it could cause me to walk in and take for granted what is going on in this room today. Take for granted that what people are doing and feeling and, and, and embracing right now 
now. I thank God for that brand new one. This is brand new to them. This is a fresh air to them. They've come out of the world. But when you've been raised in it, if you're not careful, it can be a same old, same old moment. I never want to get used to the power and the presence of God in a church house. I never want to be in the back yawning when the Holy Ghost is moving in the building. I want to find myself with my hands lifted up saying, God, I've got the best thing there is. I've I've been so blessed to have this. How many feel that way today? Don't ever forget the treasure that you have found in this place today. He said, I found it and I want to become more acquainted. I want to become more intimate with him that I may know him. This is a guy When he writes this, this is a guy that has been in the presence of the Lord. He is filled with the same gift of the Holy Ghost you and I are filled with. He is a man that has even seen the third heaven and has seen things that he says he doesn't even have words to describe. And and I don't even know what this means, but he said they're even illegal to talk about. I I mean, they're against the law to talk about. You know, kind of the old statement, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. I don't know. If Paul said, I just can't even describe to you the things that I saw in the third heaven. But he's not satisfied with that. It's such a powerful thing in his life that he doesn't even put I. I saw it. He says, I know a man that saw it, speaking of his own self, speaking in the third person. But that man that said that steps back and says that I may know him, that I may know him. Not just the third heaven, not just the heavenly things, but I know the person that I may become more acquainted. I'm going to tell somebody that's been around this all your life, there's deeper things to come. There's greater things to come. Treasure, treasure him. Treasure Jesus Christ. Christ. Don't treasure the Pentecostal movement. Don't treasure good preaching. Don't treasure good singing. Don't treasure good fellowship. I know that's all good. Matter of fact, it's part of it. But treasure Jesus in this room today. Treasure the fact that you know him for yourself and you are known of him today. Oh, I think we ought to give him praise right now. In the name of Jesus, give him praise together. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Lord. And so he said that I may Become acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And that in that same way experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers. And that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did, so that I may attain to the resurrection that will raise me from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect. I'm not there yet. But I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection which, for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. So Paul is basically saying, I'm trying to get my arms around something that's got its arms around me. I'm trying to, I've been trying to grab a hold of of what, some, some really believe they've got a hold of this more than it's got a hold of them. You are here today because something got a hold of you a long time ago and refused to let you go. The reason you're in this room today, I know I've told this. I don't know if I've ever told you, but I've told my church a hundred times. But years ago, I was praying in a prayer room, and I I was telling God how much I loved him and how thankful I was that I'd made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I wasn't proud of those things, and he had covered those things with his precious blood, forgiven me, and I'm just telling the Lord stuff he forgot about and, you know, put it under the blood. But I'm there just talking about how good he'd been to me. And then I made a statement to him. I said, and Lord, I just thank you that I never gave up. Thank you, Lord, that I never gave up. 
up. I'm here because I never gave up. And sometimes we can preach that. Don't ever give up. You're here because, you know why people are here? Because I never gave up. And the Lord just struck me with something. He said, he, almost like he laughed at me and said, given up. You've given up more times than you know you've given up. You've given up. You've given up more than you realize. And then it kind of dawned on me. I, I kind of questioned what I was feeling. And I recognized, oh man, I really have. I've given up many times. I've become discouraged in my heart and said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I gave up right there. And then there's times, but what you, you say, well, you didn't follow through. Maybe not in some regards. Maybe not as far as maybe others did, but I still gave up. But what I did recognize was all those times I gave up, he never gave up. And the reason I was still here was not because I haven't given up. The reason I'm still here is he won't give up and that he keeps holding on. And Paul said, I'm trying to get a hold of what got a hold of me. I'm going to tell you, the way you stay in this is you know something got a hold of you. He reached out and loved you while you were yet in your sins. And all he wants you to do is try to love him back and get a hold of what got a hold of you. Can you shout hallelujah to that? Get a hold of it. It's a treasure. It's my identity. Paul would lose his identity. He would lose his relationships. He would lose his past image. He would lose his favor with men. He would lose everything. Is it worth it to lose those things? Absolutely without question. When you have found the treasure in the field, men will stand back and say, he's an idiot. He's just, it's just another religion. It's just another church. It's just another God. It's just another. All he's done is just found another faith. And they don't understand. They're just looking at you because they can't see the treasure. They see the field. They see the building. They see the group you're with. And you kind of wave at them. And they go by and say, look, look at him over there. He used to hang out with us. Now he's hanging out with that group of people over there. What's so special about them? And you go, hey, they're great people. But that's, I, I'm not serving Jesus because of these people. Are you with me? You say, oh, I don't know. That's where you need to get this today. Because life groups isn't what it's all about. The music isn't what it's all about. Oh, I'm not pitting one against the other, but I'm just telling you it goes deeper than just a great place to hang out with good people. This thing is more than that because eventually if that's all it is, you're going to grow weary of it. But if you'll always remember why you bought the field, if you'll always remember I found a treasure of eternity, I found something that's going to last forever, I found the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory, how many's thankful? How many's thankful? I think we ought to lift our voice. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to be praising God with me right now. If you've got the same treasure, you ought to be, you ought to be praising Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have the Holy Ghost, you don't have a right to sit back on me right now. You don't have a right to sit back on a preacher and let him preach. I'm talking about the treasure. If you've not experienced the treasure, I get it. It's coming. But if you have this treasure, you ought to be dittoing this thing. You ought to be saying, hey, he's talking about the best thing that ever happened. He's talking about my Jesus. I'm not talking about a rock group. I'm not talking about a baseball team. I'm talking about my Jesus today. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about just another organization. I'm talking about my Jesus today. There ought to be a witness in our soul. A witness in our soul. Amen. That's just the old grandpa coming out in me. When that preacher of yours gets up here and he preaches on Sundays and you get a little quiet on him, sometimes I just want to go, hey, let's do it, folks. Let's back him. He's talking about our Jesus. You with me? 
He's not just talking about any old thing up there. He doesn't want us to clap our hands because we thought that was a good point. He wants us to get with him because he's talking about our Jesus. And when somebody, and you know what happens when they start talking about Jesus and praising God? Faith begins to be built. The healer comes into the room and he says, I dwell in the midst of praise. You want the Holy Ghost to be in this place? You got to give the Holy Ghost a place to rest. You've got to treasure his presence, treasure his anointing, treasure his will. Oh, I thank God that it's a place like this that chains are broken, that lives are forever changed. We've got what the drug addict needs. We've got what the alcoholic needs. We've got what those in confusion need. It's right here in this place. And it's more than the building. It's the treasure of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a shout of praise right now if you love him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo. Talking about my Jesus today. You say, well, if you preach a little better, I'd back you. Oh, no, 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 no. See, that's the field you're talking about. I'm just another, I'm just another voice in a pulpit. But when I get to talking about your Jesus... You ought to go, hey, he may not be that great, but he's talking about the greatest thing that ever happened. My Jesus, my treasure, my Lord, my kingdom, my life, it's everything to me. We have this treasure, the Bible says, this precious treasure in 4 and 7 Corinthians. This precious treasure, this good news about salvation in an unworthy earthen vessel of human frailty. See, there it is. It's if you're looking at the outward, you look at the frailty. If you look at the church sometimes, you look at the church and you go, man, there's a lot of weeds. You know what you're looking at right there? You're looking at the field and not the treasure. Man, there's a lot of problems in the kingdom of God. Yes, absolutely. There's got to be because there's a lot of people. That's what the kingdom of God's about. It's, it's just people that are walking in with their problems and their battles. And if you get around the church, and here's the deal, if you get around the church and forget why you bought the field, it just becomes another field, and you're looking around going, well, there's just as many problems there as there is over there. Seems like the church. Do you know what? The church is going to have what, what can seem to be more problems than the world. You say, why? Because troubled people come to the church. Perfect people don't walk through the door. People don't get their whole life together and go, now that I've got my act together, my life together, my money together, my, my family together, I've got everything perfect, let's go to church. No, that never happens. Matter of fact, if anything, when they get their life together, the, the people who come in broken, they get all of together, and they go, do I really need to go to church anymore? The church can be a place for troubled hearts. It is a place where we are earthen vessels. Paul said, when you look at me, I'm not impressive. Paul physically was not an impressive man. Some historians say that he was a bow-legged, short guy, balding, and I've got to be careful because somebody's like, well, that sounds just like me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what they were looking at, but he was saying, I didn't come with excellency of speech. I, my, my person is not impressive. Uh, my, my personality may not be the best. He said, but we have the treasure inside. It's not about personalities. you got to get your eyes off of personalities. you got to get your eyes off of, well, you can find weeds in the field. If I look at the church long enough, I start seeing weeds. I start seeing problems. I start seeing frailty and, and flaws. But I didn't buy the field just for the field. I bought the field to 
look at the treasure that's in the field. I got this thing. And when I look, I say, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't buy into this because of people. I bought into this because of Jesus Christ. He is my treasure. Come on. You feel that way today? Hang out long enough. You're going to see problems, struggles, earthly trials. You're going you're gonna to hear the preacher get Noah and Moses mixed up. and You're going you're gonna to be around long enough to, you're going if you, if you, oh, I'm just preaching today. Pastor's away, the cat plays, I know. So I'm just, I'm just going to preach a little bit today. Put your kids in the Sunday school room, live around the church long enough, and you're going to have to deal with the fact that, ooh, my child got their feelings hurt. Yeah, that's a field. That's 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 but you see if all you all you're looking at is I got hurt by so and so, my child got spoke to the wrong the wrong tone, whatever. I'm not even going there. But the fact is is that all those things happen in church. And if you make church your life, then that's where bumps in the road are gonna happen. You just gotta be careful that like the guy years ago. Uh, said to his wife they had lived together as a married couple for some 40, 50 years and, and he was turning to her one day and he said, honey, he said, I was just thinking about it. He said, uh, you know, we've had some tough times in life. He said, when, uh, when their business failed and I lost all my money, he said, you were right there with me. And he said, and then that time when we lost our home, he said, you were right there with me. And he said, then there was that time that I went through that terrible sickness and he said, you were right there with me. And she was just smiling and thinking as she had been with him. And he came to the conclusion that she was really bad luck. He said, I, I, think, I think I now understand. It's you that's always been there. You're the common denominator of the problem. You've always been. If we're not careful, I know that's stupid. I know that's a stupid joke. But the fact is, is that's how foolish it is for us to look at the church and go, well, you know, it was the church that was where when we went through the problem. It was the church that when it, it's, of course, it's going to be the church. You're in the church. It's your family. It's everything. And when you give everything, the devil will come around occasionally and he'll say, look at the weeds in the field. Look at the problem. Look at how they said that. Look at how they did that. And then you need to stop and say, I didn't buy this thing for the field. I bought Hold it for the treasure. I'm in this thing because there's something everlasting. This is about Jesus today. I'm here because of Jesus today. I'm here because of Jesus. I'm here because of him. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that there's Jesus and then there's the church. The treasure that I'm talking about is Jesus and all his kingdom. Because if you live long enough, you start digging through things and and you start realizing there's more to this kingdom than just a great, good feeling on a Sunday. It starts that way. You know, it's that new thing that just, it's brand new. You've never been around something so exciting. Keep, keep digging. Because there's more to discover. There's things underneath. There's layers to the kingdom of God. And the deeper you go, the better and the sweeter and the more precious it becomes to serve God. I've been around this thing all my life. And if I let it become less than what it truly started to be in my life, then it becomes just a field. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, and I'm almost done. The Bible says that when he found it, he covered it back up, and it says with joy, in his joy. 
he goes running, joy, happily, joyfully, gives everything to buy the field. Joy. Somebody say joy. See, if you lose your joy, you may have to step back and go, why don't I have joy anymore? Because you forgot why you bought the field. If you lose your joy, you forgot that when you realize, man, there's the treasure in the field is worth multiple millions of dollars, and this field may have cost me what I have, but I'm never going to have what that treasure's worth. So I bought it. What a bargain we got. But the day that we start losing, I'm preaching to some of the hardest working people around. You come here and you work. There are old churches. Let me just put that as nice as I can. Old churches that would, if you tried to get them to do the things Stello Church does, it would be like pulling, my dad used to say pulling eye teeth. I don't know what that's like but the fact is, is that you guys come out here every Sunday and you work and you labor and you toil to make Stello Church happen. And I'm going to tell you, I know it's work. And I know you appreciate all the accolades and the thanks that Pastor David gives you. But it's still sweat, toil, and it's still raining on Sunday. It feels like it rains every time you guys want to pull anything off of that trailer. I know that. But, oh, you got to push past. You're not doing this because, you know, brother, uh, Pastor Devin's going to say thanks, and he loves us, and the church is going to be blessed. What you've got to stop and say, I've got joy in this today because I remember why I bought into this. I remember why I did what I did. I've got so much more coming. I've got so much more out there. Oh, Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And with joy shall you draw out of the wells of salvation. Joy is why we do it. Because we see the treasure that is in the field. Paul would say this. He would say, but I will very gladly spend my own resources. And be utterly spent for your souls. He said, I'll empty my pockets. He would say in another place. I am a debtor to men. He said basically because of this, because I'm a debtor to God. I owe God everything. And he said it doesn't matter how much I give. I now know it's worth whatever I'm spending. And I'm not just trying to, I'm not trying to get in your pocketbooks today. I'm trying to remind you why you bought the field. Why you jumped into this. Because you found something that was beyond just another field. You found something powerful and precious, the treasure. Would you stand with me today? The word gladly, when he said, I would gladly be spent, the word gladly in the Greek means most sweetly. Most sweetly. I stand here today to remind all of us that as we go through the cycles of life and we go through seasons, we can't ever forget the why the why when you're a hard working giving it all sort of person you can grow weary and well doing if you forget the why why am I here today I'm here today because there's something beyond this old world that I'm living for Paul said that whatever you're going through right now it's nothing compared to the glory that's coming Whatever you spend, whatever you give, whatever you sacrifice, whatever you separate yourself from, whatever you do, if you'll remember, it's for that treasure of eternal life with Jesus Christ. 
I'm not talking about the treasure being a thing. Again, I'm talking about the treasure being a person and all of his kingdom that comes with it. It'll be worth it. I just want to remind somebody today, if it becomes just a field, let me close with these remarks. When it is all work and no joy, it's just a field. When you are ruled by the clock and by the checkbook of your life in the kingdom of God, it's just another field. If you've, if you've kept your eye on the clock today and you've put already the math in of what this is costing you, you must have just bought a field in your mind. When you are simply checking the to-do list for the Lord, it has become just another field. When you are just showing up for church, checking in, clocking in, clocking out, it's just another field. When prayer is fulfilling an obligation and not enjoying His presence, it's just another field. By the way, I've felt some of these things before and had to back up and say, God, why is time in your presence? Why does it feel like labor? When holiness is an outward checklist and not an inward experience. When it's rules more than relationship, it's just another field. When it's work more than worship and performance more than praise, it's just another field. It's just another field. But when it's something you walk in here and with joy, you lift up your voice and say, God, I don't know what I'd do without you. I'm here today because of your grace and mercy and love. God, all of this that you've given, I've, I'm, I don't want you to think I've pitted the church or people against God. It's all together. But if one thing gets elevated above his presence, then all of a sudden you're watching people and not Jesus. And we can all do it. And we can do it quickly when we get tired. But today, I want to remind all of us when we walk to this altar, walk to this altar because of a treasure you found a long time ago. Maybe you found it only a few weeks ago. Keep finding the treasure that's in the field.